0: part of the reason I do kids ministry because I see it as something that's important. Sewing into our kids is a big deal to me. Having people that partner with me to sew into our kids, to open their eyes to the word of God, I don't think I could thank you enough. And being there on a regular basis, dependable, just makes my job a lot easier. And I love that we can partner together and accomplish this work.
1: This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the Church Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy.
2: Uh, It's the most pastorful time of the year. It's October again. I'd like to think that we're the kind of church that appreciates its leadership 365 days of the year, but we're a little bit more aware of it in October, I guess. It's uh, Pastor Appreciation Month. Got so much to do in this episode, so before we go any further, here's this
1: Hey guys, it's Ashley with the Back Beat. Okay, so what did you and Paula mean to you as pastors? I would say,
3: with that label, they mean very little. Just because I've never seen them as pastors, they've, from the moment that I met them, the first impression was more like, you know, an inviting family. And so I'd go further into saying it was like a, an open book from the very beginning when I got here. Throughout the past few years, having known them more than just guidance. It's been accountability. It's been stepping in and making sure me personally and my family have been connected to God and stayed connected. Being
4: there as friends, pastor, and just being there for all of us. No matter if it's just hanging out, eating dinner, speaking about Jesus, you know, riding, whatever. Thanks for everything you guys do. Jean
1: and Paula, they're like my best friends. <laughs> I will have to say that both of them are selfless, very selfless. One that really sticks out just because it's fairly recent is, you know, us house hunting and making sure that we weren't just going to buy a house because it looked good, but Gene would check it out and Paula would advise, but they, they drove anywhere. We said we wanted to look at a house and they were there. We count on them and they count on us and we trust them with, with everything. And we're very fortunate to have them in
0: our lives. They've
2: been so supportive. I brag on them everywhere that I go that I've got these awesome pastors who just are all about releasing people into God's plan for their life. And that's what Gene and Paula have been like to us. They've been so ready to release us, empower us, be there when we crash and burn and when we need a shoulder to cry on. They've been there and we've appreciated their presence in our lives so much. It's
3: awesome to see them work together as a team. It's really inspired my marriage. She pastors us women in a way that Jean couldn't. As a person who's, you know, married to a worship leader. It kind of shows me that I don't have to just sit idly by. Jean has always been kind of like a dad figure to Lance and I. we feel like we can come to him with anything and he's not going to judge us for it or be unsupportive of what we would have to say. Um, I've always liked that we have a very accessible pastor in that way. He's both my pastor and my friend.
5: They have been the most personable pastors that I've ever had. They really show the meaning of what it is to be a pastor, to be guiders, leaders, um, uh, to be available like uh, when people are in need. Um, I think that's something that they exude very, very well.
1: What qualities like do you see in them? that make them good leaders.
5: Just their love for people.
4: Um, I think that's really the biggest biggest one is that they they make it very apparent to be the hands and feet of Jesus in everything that they do. It's
3: amazing to see leaders in a leadership role willing and ready to serve in any capacity that they can and I think um, God's really placed them in this position and given them the grace and the gifting to do that And. So I really appreciate um, having leaders like that around that just have that art. And also, as far as the church goes, just seeing Gene and Paula's willingness to adapt to whatever God wants for the church, not just uh, what they want or their vision, but um, where God takes the church. There's a lot of
5: great memories out to eat, him helping with our house, hanging out. There's just been a lot of great memories that uh, Gene and Paula both have really done a lot for Our family and our girls and my wife and you know we've talked a lot they've done a lot of physical labor Uh, Paula's done um, you know curtains or outfits for the girls or all kinds of stuff so I mean I'm just super thankful and super blessed to have them in our lives uh, this last decade yeah it's been a whole decade And I've been very grateful to have them in our lives and I can't say enough to say how much we appreciate them.
1: I'm just really thankful for for Gina and Paula. They are truly and beyond sincere. They truly mean what they say and say what they mean. And that's a quality that just doesn't happen very much anymore. And really, they're just a fantastic set of people. I
4: am a massive fan of Gina and Paula. and I'm so thankful that they're our leadership team here. From the very beginning, I It was very easy to recognize that they had a heart for people and a heart for the type of people, I guess, that that were at Current Church, and for anyone really, but especially for young kids, people in bands, people in the music subcultures, and maybe sometimes the the people that are not always widely accepted at normal church, or just uh, maybe that fall between the cracks, you know, in people's minds. Uh, and that means a lot to me because that's where we came from in Chicago is that type of people that, that was our world and Also had feelings for that and I really appreciate seeing that in other people
3: I have never encountered anyone like Jean and Paula. We've been all over the place for ministry and we've seen lots of things and There's just nobody like them that I've ever ever had the privilege of being under um, They're just always for us. They're always like in our corner and um, they've just shown me what it really means to have a spiritual like father and mother, like a family like that. And I think that Jean and Paula both don't give themselves enough credit for what they do because they are spiritually leading our church better than almost every pastor out there. And I'm, I would say I'm biased, but I don't think I am. I really think they're the best ones. <laughs> and um, even though our church is small, like, we're healthy, and we're growing, and we're, we I think our body is really one of the healthiest church bodies I've ever encountered, so um, I just wanted to say thank you, and to, I, I can't express the amount of fruit spiritually, you know, in my life that has come from being with Gina Paula, and I also can't even express how much I've seen Others impacted by their ministry. I really think that
2: what I appreciate about them most is the relationship that my wife and I have with them on a personal level. They're very approachable as human beings. From the position of pastor and pastor's wife, usually that's kind of an untouchable thing in the American church. And the fact that that isn't, and they just treat us like members of the family, is just it's a big blessing. And a big part of what makes Current so special. probably
1: known him more than half my life. But one thing that's always stood out to me that kind of makes him different than other pastors is that he not only tells me that he loves me and that he's happy to see me, but he actually shows it. Like when I come in first thing, he is like, hey, Matt, how you doing? (laughs) Gives me a hug, he's like, I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you're part of the family. And that's always made me feel super welcome and just i don't know accepted papa is just perfect there's nothing she cannot do (laughs) she i mean honestly wherever there's a need she fills it and not that everything is on her but she has that kind of personality and she's just cool I feel like one time I was challenging her to think of something that she didn't know how to do, and it was difficult for her, and she finally said, ride a motorcycle. <laughs> I'm not very good at that,
3: so.
2: <laughs> and a big thanks to Ashley and all the participants in the back row, Beats. I was encouraged. Obviously, that should be encouraging for the feasles. I think it should also be encouraging for the rest of the family. Did you hear the unity among the responses? In the back row beat that was not planned Those were people speaking extemporaneously And I feel like you can hear the unity coming through In the acknowledgement of our leadership Speaking of which, today we're talking, yes, pastor appreciation We'll make it a ministry appreciation episode This is part one We sat down with Becky Fiesel, Justin Bowwinkle, and Craig Palmer Why those three? We'll find out together Thanks for listening October is Pastor Appreciation Month. We're turning it into Ministry Appreciation episode. We have Craig Palmer. Thanks for being here. It's good to be here. (laughs) Justin Bowwinkle and Becky Fiesel.
0: Hey there.
2: And this trio, because uh, they touch some of the different ministries, and we want to dig into that a little bit. Um, Becky, I want to start with you. In fact, we're recording this uh, right before the WACC, W-A-C-C, Women at Current Church Fall Retreat, which is coming up later today. So let's first talk about the women's ministry, which I guess you certainly help head up.
0: So... Um, actually, I haven't been involved with that for a few months. Okay, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I think I sort of started it. So, but
2: you're speaking this morning, right? I am. Yep. Yeah. yeah so, so I'm
0: definitely still heavily involved. Yep.
2: So, what goes into planning an event like this and other um, wax a little more, shall we say, involved than Mac is <laughs> a little bit more going on. Yeah. Uh, but you guys seem to be very intentional. Yep. With planning regular things and and getting people involved. Um, How important is that for you?
0: It's really important. I think... um As women, as wives, as moms, we have this tendency to get really busy at home and just kind of with our lives. And uh, without you know, kind of an event like that where you can just kind of set aside the time and say, "Okay, I'm going to go to that," uh, it tends to fall to the wayside. Especially with the women, I think um, I don't know if current is sort of an odd uh, kind of combination of people, but the men have a tendency to be a little bit more outgoing. Than, than the women. Maybe that's too general. But um, so giving, Justin is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, giving us the opportunity to get together um, is is important. And I know a lot of women, including myself, really enjoy like getting that time to hang out and, and encourage one another and just enjoy each other's company.
2: I know that Current is becoming a church of... Young, marrieds and small mm-hmm. families, which is not how it looked five years ago right. when we got there. And we'll talk about the children's ministries here in a minute, um, but I find it interesting, for instance, when I talk to somebody about the podcast about lining up a guest or something, and I'll ask one of the ladies, do you know such and such very well? thinking. I never see them sitting together. I never see them talking. Oh yeah, I know her pretty well. And I think, oh yeah, there's wax stuff going on that we don't see. So there's mm-hmm. probably a depth of relationship that's happening there that not everybody sees.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think Betsy probably described that a little bit when she was on about how when you're at church and you've got kids and you're, you know, you're trying to have this conversation with somebody, but you have to like kind of pay attention to some other things. It actually makes it kind of difficult to really develop those relationships on a Sunday night at church. So the WAC events really uh, give us that opportunity.
2: Yeah. Craig, I would like to say that you're probably one of the most faithful people in ministry at Current. If you're in town, you're there. You play hurt and sick. You've been sick. You look better today. Oh, I'm glad I look better. (laughs) You've been standing out out in the (laughs) freezing winter at a soccer game this morning.
5: Yeah, nothing like 38 degree uh, soccer game for six and seven year olds. I
2: remember one time I was talking to Jonathan and she spoke to how important being at the gathering is for you and that if you're making plans, she said, and then he's always like, well, we got to be back by Sunday night. Why is the gathering so important to you? Why is it a, a can't miss for you?
5: Well, some of it starts from growing up in it. Um, it's not that it's a routine, but I was taught the importance of it, um, the importance of the body gathering together and just you know hanging out worshiping God together. Um, I, I, it's super important, and I mean that's not the only time that we should be hanging out, but I think that's a. It first of all is just good discipline more than anything. It's good discipline. It's it's good to be faithful to the other, uh, the body, your local body. We like to call the little C. It's. I think it's important to be faithful to to each other, and I've a long time ago when I was in college, I first went to CBC and went for youth ministry, and then I when I went to business class when I went because I ended up transferring down to Southeastern University in Florida, and once I went to a business class, I started seeing that this is wow there's a lot of people that think like me, so I was grew up in the church and wasn't around you know really any so-called business people, but once I went into business class, I was like, man, I feel at home. I feel like everyone thinks like I do. And so I really started to see where God was calling me to the helps ministry. And so to answer your question, that's really what I think is important, not only the gathering, but that is part of, I believe, is my ministry is the helps ministry. And so whatever I can do to help support in this instance would be Gene. I think it's important. And uh, that's why I put such an importance on it in regards to our family and our scheduling.
4: I'd like to say that uh, it's also very encouraging, uh, massive encouragement to me, and to people in the ministry to to have faithful members like you and your family and stuff like that to that show up and are always there. It's like we're very uh, social animals, you know, and it's like maybe we're not animals, but whatever. To have that all the time and very consistent is an encouragement, and I think I'm sure that gene and paul would say the same you know Mm
5: -hmm. and and by growing up and i know you have too justin and in church and uh growing up in small churches and stuff it's real easy i guess it made it that much more easier for me to understand and know that you know having a the pastor or the front man whatever you want to call them having them having to do it all and if there's no one there to support and to help out it's it's it can be quite quite a burden and quite a push on the the pastor and his wife and the family to really do a lot of it because it's like a small business yeah there there's a lot of times not a secretary there's a lot of times not you know paid staff like it might be a bigger bigger church but you know if a, in a small gathering if it's if it's just one person or one family doing it all first of all that's not the right way for it to be done but second of all, all right. I just I just saw the importance of getting behind and supporting and being there for the front man.
4: Yeah, it's a game of percentages, right? You know? Ten percent of a sixty person church is like if that ten percent doesn't show up on a Sunday, it's very noticeable, you know.
2: Justin Balwinkle is here. You grew up in a pastor's home and you've probably seen the ups and downs of ministry firsthand that some of us haven't. What um first of all, how did you get to be pastor's kid 30. <laughs> oh. 30, 30 something years old and not be a bitter washed up has been pk uh,
4: oh i'm bitter no no I'll... <laughs> you know i yeah you, the stigmatism of you know that's pastor's kids don't always end up kind of being like maybe this beacon of light you know in the end and they they do get burnt out a lot of times, and I've met a I've met a whole lot of them. You know, we used to go to PK camp, and man, those kids some of those kids were the worst kids out there. <laughs> I was just like, oh man. But uh, I think you just get so inoculated, uh, and you're at church all the time, and you get just enough of it. But then you have to live around it, and sometimes it's easier for those kids to just kind of disregard it altogether in their life, and as they grow up and go through teenage years or adolescence and you know, age of where they're being influenced by many other people or they get so much of this one thing and then they move outside of that thing and all of a sudden it's just like whoa this whole other world you know and and uh, sometimes they, they're upset about that I guess and um, I had a great upbringing uh, I loved my life growing up and I have awesome parents you know they worked really hard to maintain some sort of normality in all of it and, but it it is really difficult. Uh, you're sharing your dad with like a bunch of people who are going to need him often. You know, it's not it's like a twenty four seven type of job where he's on call all the time to people's you know hurts or needs or just uh, feelings in general about needing to talk or trying to stay in people's lives and and uh, be there for them as their pastor and. You know, sharing your dad in that way with all those people um, sometimes is difficult on a family. But my parents were really good. Uh, my dad and mom, especially because a pastor's wife is is just as an involved role uh, in all those aspects. But um, they were really focused on like, hey, we're you know, let's be together. Let's be this tight knit family. You know, it's going to take all of us to do this, and it's kind of like looked at like this team effort you know to accomplish this hey we're gonna go to the inner city of chicago and and start well it wasn't really starting a church there was six people but you know it was like (laughs) we're gonna go to this church and we're gonna we're gonna live in the church building you know until we find a house and we're gonna make these sacrifices in order to to do this and it's gonna take everyone on board and me and my brothers we were young we're like yeah cool you know we get to sleep on the floor you know so um yeah, it was it was um, it was a really good experience for me. I I wouldn't trade it for any other life. I mean, not that other people don't have good experiences in their life, but I'm not bitter.
2: <laughs> so, Justin, you mentioned that that eye-opening period where there oh, there's so much more. Did you ever have that that phase at all?
4: Um, growing up in Chicago, I wasn't isolated from the outside as much. It was very real that there was a world outside of the church because, well, the church was six people, you know. We, we met in this old bar, you know. It was, like, on the south side near the train yard. Like, we'd fall asleep, and there was, like, this screeching all night from one of the biggest train yards in the world, you know. It's like um, that was, like, for the first six months we were there. And uh, I'd go outside and I'd play – and it was like right off a pretty busy street and stuff like that. Me and my brothers, I was—I think I was like 10. I was like nine or 10 when we first moved there. It was a rough neighborhood. It wasn't like, you know, the cops would come by all the time. I was, The cops would come pick me up and be like, hey, you know, you're not supposed to be outside. And I'm like, oh, I live here. And they're like, it, this old bar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dad's inside. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, my dad didn't put us in a dangerous situation yeah. at all. It's just uh, certain aspects of growing up in Chicago puts you in front of a lot of different circumstances you know i had uh there was people in the church there that were you know uh ex prostitutes and drug addicts and stuff and while they had the love of Christ in them and they were awesome people and changed people, they're still rougher on the edges you know it was it was uh so it was a little more um let's say like gradual for us i think, and then we started playing punk music at like 14 or 15 or something and then we started playing out and my dad was our manager and tried to be involved like being a good dad being involved in what his kids are doing and uh so he's like all right well you know how do you want to do this like is this going to be a ministry or like i've raised you kids to be you know ministers in whatever aspect of life you choose you know but uh we were playing bars like yeah where we couldn't even go into the bars like so we would we'd go and play a show and me and my little brother would have to wait outside while because we weren't over 18 even so it wasn't even like you couldn't drink you we weren't even 18 it was like okay you can go in and play your set and then you have to leave <laughs> like um so we just wander around cities while the other bands played until it was our turn to play and then we'd go in and play and we're like okay and we, we were around a lot of different things that most kids weren't and sure. so that age of like, I met somebody nice and he's not a Christian and he's, you know, this person or whatever, my friends are influencing me towards things that that cause me to second guess my Christianity or my faith or whatever. I was around those people all the time. They're all really nice people, you know, but I was around Christians as well, you know, so it's like, I don't know. For me, it was more gradual. So that's the long answer. Sorry.
2: It was the long answer. (laughs) Craig, you grew up as a pastor's kid. Did you ever have that bitter, uh, screw this phase? Um, because it feels like you have a very intentional heart for ministry. You are one of our elders. Um, you're in leadership. That seems important to you. Did you ever have your doubts? Did you ever have a stereotypical PK phase?
5: I mean, that sort of comes with it. Sometimes it's a bigger phase than others in regards to PKs. But, um, I mean, that, and it's not just real, really with PKs. A lot of times it's just teenagers trying to find out who they are and trying to be able to be independent and, and trying to make their own decisions. So, I mean, there's a point in time where, you know, um, I guess I was like that a little bit, but I wouldn't say it was a huge amount of time.
2: Uh, <laughs> I want to, and part of pastor appreciation and Becky, I want to honor your, um, father-in-law Ernie, and then Craig, your dad as well. Uh, how many years was he pastoring? 40, 45 years, yeah, 45 years. What did you learn by watching him? What have you taken into your own ministry because of your perspective
5: well I've, I learned a lot was under his ministry, and obviously was taught the word under his ministry, both at home and at, at the gathering. It sort of got two different I mean it's all ministry, no matter what if we're at the gathering or at you know at church or something um, but his is more of the what we would call senior pastor back in the day. And then mine, I feel like, is more of a helps ministry. So it's sort of two different things, but they're both, I believe, is important. And uh, like everybody in the gathering, is important.
2: Becky, let's, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you and John were... In on the ground floor of current, even back uh, in the Pipers days, in my
0: To some degree, yeah. Um, we were going to another church, Greenwood Christian Life, when Gene started this, and we were pretty involved there. So, you know, we weren't there like when they started from their house or anything. But uh, shortly after they moved to Pipers, John started going on a fairly regular basis to play in the band with mm-hmm. them. I might have been a little bit more reluctant than he was to jump on board and and not that I had any doubts about what Gene was doing just you know I had my own thing going on already but definitely in the early days and and actually it was when we moved into the building at the original mm-hmm. the gear uh, when we kind of committed full time
2: so as uh, Gene's sister-in-law and as an elder's wife you've had a front row seat for the skeleton of this ministry for a long, long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, God is faithful. It's been a weird year even here in 2018. And yep. and yet when I'm with the family, everything's all right again, you know, on Sunday nights. Yeah. And so I wonder if you could speak to some of that journey that you've seen as far back as, as that and some of the constant themes. And I'm not here... We're not here today to knock God's people or to paint ministry in a bad light, but we are here to honor those who do serve us in ministry. And so I want to be delicate in that, but sure. ministry can be a struggle sometimes. What are some constant themes that you have seen throughout your journey with this thing called current church?
0: I think the word that comes to mind is change. And and that's pretty typical of Gene. He doesn't like to do the same old, same old, but in in addition to his kind of emphasis and kind of push to try to stay out of a norm, um, God has done some things in current church and brought change. And um, and so things have looked different from year to year. And, um, and, and kind of in that, there's been some ups and downs in how we've uh, responded to that change. But I think it's always been like, you mentioned it. it we're still always the family right and um we always have that that constant of that we're the body of Christ and so um and there's there's been that kind of that thread throughout the change that's kind of happened so um you know we started off at pipe at least when i really kind of started coming on it you know uh, off and on anyway was at pipers and um that was interesting it was it was cool uh, but, you know, we had our kids and they sat at tables with us and I remember, you know, thumping them on the back of the head for <laughs> goofing off and that kind of thing, you know. Um, but still, like, uh, it it was cool to watch what God was doing and just, you know, just trying to get out there and do it, right? He doesn't ha- everything doesn't have to be perfect. And um, so that, that was a, a cool kind of era, I guess, if you will. And then we got a, a building and so we could kind of put down roots a little bit more and Um, to really see the vision that Gene had kind of come to life, um, especially with being able to have a music venue there and have a different type of um, newcomer kind of enter the church. And so that was kind of a cool era. And even then, Gene liked to change things up. Um, And then, you know, with where we are now, the move to the building we're in now, and um, I kind of I was maybe also a little reluctant at that point um, because I knew it would be such a huge change.
2: I missed the old building. Can we just say it?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you kind of think back to it and it's like, oh, yeah, it had crummy carpet. and But it just had like this oh, yeah. uniqueness. Yeah, it was to a piece it, of junk. But... Right? Um, but, yeah, there was just um, there was something about it. And not that the church is a building, but it was sort of a... It had to do with our mindset, you yeah. know, and who we were serving at that time. So, yeah, I definitely, I kind of miss that.
4: That makes a lot of sense. Uh, what year was that? Did that all happen in? Piper's is a place?
0: Oh, yeah, it was a restaurant.
4: Oh, okay. It was. was yeah. like, Have I you driven by been there recently? recently?
0: When we started, it was actually the building that was on
4: 135. Oh, we're
2: by Stack Pickle or whatever yes. it is now? Okay, yep. yeah.
0: yep, yep, exactly. Um, that's a good question. I think... Uh, like I can't remember years anymore. I'm finally getting to be that age.
4: You had children.
0: Yes, yes. So I'm like, I think the kids were. I think Macy was probably. Let's see, fourish. So that would be. She's eighteen or almost eighteen now. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I'm, and I, of course, you know, Gina and Paula know the history of the church a lot better than I do. But I, so I think it's sure, right yeah. around that well, time. Yeah,
2: 2016 was our 10 year anniversary. That's what the T-shirt says. Be at least 12. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so you're talking about change. And so five years ago, it was a church of unmarried and seen kids Mm -hmm. and and other people, some families, certainly. Now we're talking about a lot of young families. Justin has done his part with two kids.
4: Yep. Don't Um, ask for more.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And same with Craig. Yep. And, And so with that comes the need for extra ministries and ministers so uh, the children's and the young people and the nursery ministries that exist now didn't necessarily exist back at the old building in their current state right so i'm guessing this wasn't a we're going to build a kicking children's ministry and they will come i'm guessing this has (laughs) arisen out of need and what is that what has that process been like
0: yeah uh that's actually been a really interesting process as well. You know, it started off with babies, and so you're like, well, do we need a nursery? And, um, you know, Jean's always been open to just having them in the service, but uh, I think they get to a certain age and they want to move around, and so it's kind of more out of parents uh, really feeling like they, they, they're getting zero out of the service if the kids are in there with them, and so having a place for them to take their kids uh, and so we're like, oh, well, let's find a room and put some toys in it. And and actually, even before we maybe had some babies, we ha- we did have some kids and um, just had some people volunteer. Like, hey, I want to teach a kids class. And we're like, okay, great. Let's do it. Um, and I actually got involved in that pretty early on. It's kind of been off and on here and there. Plus, you know, we moved away for a short period of time. Um And, you know, like you said, ministry has its ups and downs. Being with the kids and ministering to the kids has always been great. But there's a tendency, I think, maybe to get in a little over your head sometimes and then you burn out, you know, this. And and then people kind of get, they do, they get bitter, they get frustrated. So we've had to deal with some of that with people that helped with the kids' ministry. Um, And so, which is sort of has brought us to kind of where we are today, where I'm pretty adamant about. Uh, helpers only having to do it once a month and things like that. So, you know, that's sort of kind of back in the early days. It was just sort of a like, hey, I want to do something with the kids and I'll put together my own lesson and we'll just see what we can make happen.
2: It has to be quite a sacrifice. I know when the children and the children's workers leave, it's like, whoop, like the room just changes. Yeah. So if it's a rotation and you're in there once a month, maybe, I mean, that's a quarter of
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: of the family time. I, th- my point is that sacrifice. That is mm-hmm. to just go surf. Mm-hmm. I imagine the reward is in the big picture and not in the...
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, I definitely miss being a part of the family. You, you can get to a point where you kind of start to feel disconnected if you spend too much time doing that. But yeah, the the kids are great, too. You know, it, it's so fantastic to put together a lesson. And, and I think the reason why I do kids ministry, because when my kids are growing up, I, I had a chance to see that they can get things that we don't realize kids can get, right? You know, they we can if we just teach it to them. You know, it doesn't have to be watered down and dumbed down. We we can talk to them about real Bible stuff and and they can get it. And so I love that part of being in the children's ministry, having that opportunity to to share the the Bible with them and the Bible stories and watch them get it, right? You know, so while you are getting some disconnect yeah. a little bit, you get to watch them. That's cool. Like learn about Jesus and get stuff about Jesus.
4: I think that's a great thing to point out is that it's not just like 25% of the church is is now not in that service. It's like, well, the kids are part of this church too, you know, and they'll be a part of the next big change that happens at current in maybe the next building, you know, or whatever. And I think focusing on them and and like really building up them and their lives and their faith or or starting of a faith it just as important as, in fact, probably more important because, like Becky said, they get stuff. Yeah. You know, they get way more than you think. Yeah. And I'm amazed every day being a dad, just being like, "How did you know that? I barely know that." You know, and <laughs> I think a lot of times Gene says amazing stuff, and he's going going to town, God's speaking through him. But with adults, I think half the time there's probably way less people <laughs> than they're actually sitting there that, are, get, that are getting it. You know. Cause, Sometimes I'm out of it. Yeah, I am speaking for myself. Like, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, motorcycles, More God, God, yes. Well, I'll get you the t- Motorcycles. Oh, no. <laughs> no. So, and kids, I think, are just soaking up everything and willing to do that. So And
2: you have participated. I'm glad Becky said that. Yeah, yeah, you've participated as well, right? I've seen you go, uh, I don't yeah. know what you were doing. Walk us through that. Let's get a let's get a first-hand account of, of your children's ministry. Children's ministry?
4: ministry? Yeah. Well, I've done it twice <laughs> so career is not <laughs> let's let's wait on that um yeah uh i had talked to my wife um about uh noticing that uh, that there were mainly moms mainly the females in the church were having to leave every sunday and go be with kids or watch kids or watch other kids and they had a very small like rotational Pool That they were picking from or Becky or whoever was creating a schedule for the kids. And I was like, hey, you know, if I can help widen that pool, help keep more moms, more wives, more members of this church uh, being fed at a level of, of maybe their logical or, you know, the level that they're at in service. Uh, that's more beneficial, correct? You know, I mean, if, yeah, I miss service maybe, what is it, once a month? I don't even feel like it's that often. No,
0: I have you and Chris come on every other month. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was
4: like, oh, I don't do it once a month, but <laughs> now I feel I'm getting robbed. <laughs> um, but even if, if I have to step out of the service once and it allows somebody's wife, you know, spouse, or, you know, whoever to be in that service and be fed or be, you know, able to receive, you know, maybe what God's speaking to them or what God's speaking to the church in general, then that's beneficial because if that person's out half the month, like if my wife was in the nursery three times a month or more, you know, or whatever, she's not being fed in the same way that she needs. I know she needs, you know, and that's not me being a responsible husband, right? If I'm supposed to be looking out for my wife and being there for her, well, sometimes that means maybe taking on the role that she would have to fill, you know, in that, so... That was kind of my heart, and we talked about that, and then I think she talked to you. Mm -hmm. And then me and a couple other guys got put on the rotation, I think, and that was great. I was happy about that. So more about the idea to serve. I mean, I like kids. They're fun. But, you know, I'm still like, for me, it's like the big picture is this is needed, so I'd like to do this, you know. I don't know if I feel generally called to be in children's ministry full-time, but uh, I do like hanging out with kids. They're fun. More fun than adults.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're talking current church ministries here this month of October. Uh, Not only do we want to honor Jean and Paula, we want to honor those who give and serve on a weekly basis. Um, We have Becky Fiesel, and she is involved with WAC, the women's ministry as well. Would you say you head up the children's ministry, logistics at least? Sure. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Albertson's been helping with the nursery schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So the two of us are kind of doing that together.
2: And then Justin Bellwinkle, who has a unique perspective as a as a pastor's kid, and then somebody who is also involved in music, and now of course children's ministry. What what age what age groups have you been with?
4: I don't know how old are those kids. <laughs> yeah, they're the oldest of the. We, yeah, we
0: have a, a sort of a tots class, which is two and three year olds, and then every up one up to Milo essentially. So I don't know how that's going to kind of roll. Milo's in second grade, so yeah. it's like four four-year-olds or
4: seven yeah
0: yeah milo's probably seven seven maybe eight i don't know probably seven No, he's not yeah yeah.
2: so becky on a given night how many different volunteers does it take to staff the nursery and children
0: right now um we have essentially three classes so that's the nursery the two and three-year-olds and the older kids we got tend to call them that. And it's really important that we don't have a single person in there volunteering alone. Uh, so that takes six,
2: yeah. six Every time, people. Yeah. yeah. Except for all together Sunday.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so it's quite a few. Uh, and we're actually working on something right now where we might be able to, to adjust that a little bit and we might get ourselves where we can do five. Um, so I'm always kind of trying to see what how we can do things better. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's quite a few adults, uh, from our sanctuary.
2: Yeah, wow, and Craig, you're the official director of visual arts. Is that a thing?
4: <laughs> How much does that title pay?
2: <laughs> and your, you wear hats. You wear uh, the elder hat, the church unlocker hat. Craig is there. I mean, if I one word for you is faithful. You talked about the importance of the gathering as well, but what's um somebody like you who you're not sometimes you're on the mic but you're not preaching what you do is no less important than what anybody does inside the the doors of the gear um tell us about your scope of ministry what all do you do what is it like to be an elder at current church
5: in regards to sound i really enjoyed the director of visual whatever you say There's <laughs> nothing visual about sound <laughs> No, I enjoy running sound. I really do. Uh, it's a lot of fun to me. I don't know. I just really enjoy it. So it's definitely not a burden. I just love doing it, and I've sort of really learned that basically through Gene. Um, I mean, I've run run sound, you know, here and there growing up and helping out with my dad's church and or our church, whatever. But Gene's really, really helped me along and really showed me a lot of different things and uh, really just soaked it in into the things that he had shown me in regards to sound and what he hears and his opinions and stuff and, uh, sort of made it into my own. But, you know, I learned a lot in the last 10, 11 years doing shows with him at the gear and just learned a lot in regards to being an elder. I enjoy being a part in helping in regards to the administrative type of stuff. Uh, I'd like to be even that much more involved in helping out. I'd, there's a weird part of me that that's where me and Gene sort of uh, have a good relationship. He's got strengths, and I got strengths, and we they're sort of opposite of each other. So it's really cool to be able to see that some of the things that I love to do, he hates to do. And the stuff that he's good at and gifted at, I'm not good at and gifted at. So it's, it's, it's really cool to have a little relationship with Gene and know that we both have strengths, and they really are compatible with one another and it's, it's, I think it's a, works out real well.
2: That's good. Uh, Becky, uh, in getting back to the children, I want to, I want to say thank you on behalf of the church. I know, I don't know if it's a spreadsheet or whatever, but juggling volunteers and, and dealing with the nuances of human beings and -hmm. and all that, that's, that's probably pretty thankless, but I also want to give you a chance to honor the, the workers and the volunteers that have helped you out, you know, in this month of October, I want to give you a chance to speak to them a little bit and maybe sing their praises.
0: Sure. Like I said, the part of the reason I do kids ministry, because I I see it as something that's important, like sewing into our kids is a big deal to me. And so having people that partner with me to sew into our kids, to open their eyes to the word of God is just, I, I don't think I could thank you enough. Um, and and being there on a regular basis, dependable, uh, just makes my job a lot easier. And I love that we can partner together and and accomplish this work that God's put on my heart and 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 the hearts of the people that help out too.
2: Craig and Justin have tots and toddlers and babies. Becky has three kids. Who you're not an empty nester yet? Not quite. You almost were this summer. Yeah. When we get back, I want to talk about uh, the wide ranges of parenthood in our church and how that looks in the scope of ministry. Hope you'll join us. That's where we ran out of time. So much more still ahead in episode two of our ministry appreciation spotlight. We appreciate all of you who helped out with this episode and the next, all who serve at the church, all who listen And huge thanks to Pastor Gene and Paula for your servant leadership most of all.
1: listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at six at the gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.